From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, tissue glues for pterygium surgery. So what I do, I take scissors and cut the glue that holds the eyelid to the eye. First this. Want to learn about macra, MIPS, and running an excellent and efficient ophthalmology practice? You'll love iTalks Radio, the official podcast of the American Society of Ophthalmic Administrators. Let's get right down to the basics of macra. For those of you who are not familiar with this law, what is macra? Macra does stand for the Medicare Access and CHIP Reauthorization Act. iTalks Radio brings to ASCRS members, ASOA members, and even non-members practical information on human resources, government regulatory compliance, middle management, and productivity. Indulge at italksradio.org. That's E-Y-E-T-A-L-K-S radio.org. Italks Radio, the yang to my yin. The advent of tissue glue has been a boon for pterygium surgery. Procedures go more quickly and patients are certainly more comfortable. But as fibrin glues have become more popular, they have also become more numerous. Guy Ben-Simon has just published results of a head-to-head comparison of two tissue glues and compared both to a suture control group for pterygium surgery. I'm happy to welcome Guy back to the podcast. We're going to be talking about two tissue glues, Evacel and Tisil. What are the differences between these glues, Guy? Uh, The major differences is that uh, Tisil has factor... 13 in it, which stabilizes the cloth. Hence, it's working better for um, the conjunctival autograft. Because when you use Evisel, the conjunctival autograft does not stick to the eye. It's actually not stable. And if you look on the eye the next day, so the graft is dislocated. The context of your clinical comparison between these glues and vicral sutures is, is pterygium surgery, just by means of background. Uh, of all the techniques of pterygium surgery, which is the one that's associated with the lowest rate of recurrence? The lowest rate of recurrence would be tissue uh, glue and suture would be uh, similar recurrence rate. And the study was relatively small for for comparison recurrence rate. However, if you if you do proper graph, the the, the recurrence associated not with the glue or suture is associated with the fashioning and, and of the graft. So if the graft is uh, situated properly on the eye, then the recurrence rate will be low. But if you, uh, seal and, and suture are at comparable uh, recurrence rate, which is very low, less than 3%. Uh, how did your study differ from other papers comparing fibrin glue uh, to sutures for fixation of autographs? We used uh, first a different in a surgical technique which is more simple than the more robust technique that people use for pterygium because we use a rotational flap rather than free graft and rotational flap from the superior conjunctiva is more stable than free graft and we use two different glues to compare with sutures and we only use vicryl suture which is uh, absorbable because we don't want to deal with suture removal after the surgery which may be inconvenient for the patient. So this is the only study who actually uh, evaluated the two different fibrin glue existed at this time with the common practice of vicryl suture. What were the main outcome measures of this study, Guy? The main outcome measures were recurrence rate, 
surgical time, patients discomfort on the first post-operative day because, uh, as we all know, pterygium is associated with uh, very high rates of pain in the first post-operative day. And, uh, and, and also, a, ma a minor outcome measure was uh, surgically induced uh, refractive change as we calculated by the holiday method of 10-step procedure. Can I get you to walk me through your, your surgical technique, uh, both of the removal of the pterygium and of autograft harvesting? Sure. First of all, I would like to uh, acknowledge Dr. Nahum Rosen. He was the one who actually mo modifi modified the technique of pterygium surgery. And it made it really simple. So I'm using his technique that actually I learned from him. We incise the conjunctiva near the limbus. If there is a scar, then we leave the scar of the conjunctiva as the pterygium. Then we remove the conjunctiva from the pterygium base. And we actually make a, a, a large incision underneath the conjunctiva towards the, the pterygium base. We separate the tenon from the pterygium and we remove as as much as possible pterygium base as possible. In most of the cases, we do visualize the medial rectus muscle. Obviously, we do not touch the uh, medial rectus muscle. We incise as large of a base as possible. And then, when we're reaching the limbus, we hold the pterygium with uh, 0.3 forceps and try to peel off the pterygium from the cornea, as we do, uh, similar to doing rexis in the cataract surgery. If you hold it firmly after you uh, divide the pterygium base, and you, try, and you hold it as a limbus, then you can actually rotate it out, either from superior or from inferior. You can rotate it, and there is, in most of the cases, there is a cleavage plane that the pterygium peels off easily. Once it is peeled off, then there is hardly pterygium uh, left on the cornea. If there is still pterygium left on the cornea, then I use a beaver blade rather than crescent blade because the beaver is less sharp, less sharp than crescent, so I use but pulling out the, the remnant of pterygium from the, conjunct from the cornea towards the conjunctiva, I just pull it out. I don't cut the, cut the cornea or incise the cornea. I just push the pterygium in a certain cleavage plane that I found. Once I remove the pterygium, I we clean off the, the limbus because, as we all know, this is a disease of the limbus, loss of contact inhibition of the conjunctiva. So we clean the limbus, the limbus cells carefully with the, with, the crescent with the beaver blade. Once we've done that, I hardly do coterie because the blood supply is required for the graft. So if there's not a major bleeder, then we don't do coterie of that. And another important step is the nasal conjunctiva is folded in because once we remove the tenon, there's no support to the, con the nasal conjunctiva. So I, I fold it out back because there's no support. I have to fold it out back. Then I fashion by uh, I fashion the conjunctival autograph as, as a rotational slap from the superior conjunctiva. Actually, it's very easy. You have to fashion the graft as thin as possible, and you use a very small hinge. The hinge actually is not for the blood supply. The hinge is, acts like a suture or a support for the graft. It has to be big enough of a of a slap or a graft to be placed with no tension on the on the sclera. And also, you have to leave about one millimeter of bare sclera between the limbus and the graft. If you don't leave this bare sclera between the limbus and the graft, then so at the next day or at the follow-up days, you can see the conjunctival autograft stepping on the cornea or hiding the, the nice round contour of the cornea, so people may think that the pterygium is returned. So if you leave the small one millimeter of limbal, uh, limbal area free of graft, then it looks very nice the next day. 
And once I did that, I put the graft on the corner. Obviously, saying the patient at this moment that he will lose vision for a few, for a few seconds because I covered the corner with the graft. It's very, very important not to rotate the graft upside down because sometimes if the graft is rotated upside down, it is difficult to know the exact orientation of the graft. Once I did that, you take a Wexel uh, sponge and you dry off the, the thin on or, or, or the sclera. It has to be very dry. I put the fibrin glue in two different components. What's really, really important is to separate the elements of the tissue glue. We never use the automatic syringe when using uh, the fibrin glue because it's not suitable for the eye. Initially, I, I, put the, I put the protein, and it's very thick, so I use a 27-gauge needle to put the protein in, in drops to cover the whole bare sclera area. And at the second stage, I, I put the enzyme with a 30-gauge needle at a different syringe. And then I wait for a few seconds. You have at least one minute to fashion the graft. And then I put gently, with two blunt instruments, I put the graft on the sclera. So it's situated nicely. I wait for about 20 or 30 seconds. I tell the patient to look right and left and up and down to see that the graft is well positioned on the cornea. And then gently remove the eyelid speculum. You, you cannot remove the eyelid speculum uh, vigorously because the fibrin glue looks like vitreous. And if you move it uh, vigorously, it can pull off the graft. So what I do, I take scissors and cut the glue that holds the eyelid to the eye. I cut the glue, it looks like, exactly like a vitreous. I cut it between the eyelid speculum and the eye and pull it gently away from the eye. And I treat the patient normally with uh, antibiotic drops like dexamethasone, neomycin, and steroids, and offlocks for a few days. And we patch the eye for, for one day. You don't have to patch the eye, but I find that patching the eye for one day reduces the patient's discomfort. And one interesting thing to mention is you can use a 2cc fibrin uh, glue to six or eight patients, because we change the, the needles in between patients, obviously. So the cost of the, of the, of the surgery is very low. If you compare it to 10 ovarical suture, at least in Israel, the price of a a single tenovarical suture is about 34 US dollars. So if you use it for six patients, it's actually more, more expensive than the fibrin glue. So I have few patients whom I operated, one after and the other eye with glue. And all of them unanimously said that the eye with the glue was much better than the vital suture. These were patients whom I did not put in the study because that was before the study. And another thing, Within, which is interesting, the Everton vaccine was invented in Israel by an Israel company for uh, anti-clock purposes. And it was, uh, it was actually purchased by Johnson & Johnson. And I, when I discussed with my friends about this study, they told me that they're only using Ticil and not Everton because Everton is not powerful enough to hold the small conjunctival graphs in place. If I had knew this, this uh, fact before, obviously I would not conduct the study. But because I did not know that, I did have to do the study and to prove to the hospital that we can use safely to seal in pterygium surgery, which is an off-label use of, the, of this, uh, of this uh, glue. So now uh, we use in the hospital, we only use CC glue for all kinds of conjunctival surgery and also for, for pterygium surgery. So in, in the context of your own practice with pterygium surgery, you're, 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 you're really pretty much exclusively using to skill. Do you, do you ever suture? No, I do not suture. It's for the past uh, 
three years, I'm only using Cecil, even before the study was published. The only, uh, only difference if it's a recurrent pterygium, then I use mitomycin as well. But if it's a primary pterygium, I will use the conjunctival graft, autograft, and Cecil glue. I don't use it as Guy, thank you. This is really, really, really wonderful stuff. I want to thank you very much for the generosity of your time with us today. Thank you very much. I enjoyed talking to you. Guy Ben-Simon is Professor of Ophthalmology at the Sackler Faculty of Medicine at Tel Aviv University in Tel Aviv, Israel. His paper, Evisil versus Tisiel versus Sutures for Attaching Conjunctival Autograft in Pterygium Surgery, a Prospective Comparative Clinical Study, appears in the January 2017 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Ben Simon or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.